Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find her over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Uh, how's the weather your way? It is now 83 degrees, so two degrees lower than last episode recording. Okay. So that's pretty exciting, but it's also still... Is this still really nice where you live? Because this is this is the time of year where well no your weather's always really nice. It's Maybe. like eh, it's usually like overcast or like partial cloudy usually or I rainy. Even teach you about the weather because your weather's usually like okay. Yeah, I mean it's not bad. I miss today, that. Today it's like a little cloudy. It's nineteen degrees Celsius or sixty six Fahrenheit. It's okay. It's uh it's a little warm. Uh, I was saying on the last recording, but I had to buy a fan because I both my fans that I had broke last year, so I had to get some new ones. Oh, and the amazing. funny part is I don't remember any of that from the last episode. You talked about a fan. I'm sure you did. Well, I mentioned that I bought a fan, and I don't okay. know if I mentioned I had to replace a fan. But here's the thing about these fans that are really cool. These fans are just getting super fancy now. Um, I went to go buy the fan, and I was like, okay. I'm looking at fans, and they're like, yeah, it comes with a remote control. I'm like, oh, that's just something. I don't even have to get up and change it. <laughs> I could be laying on the couch. I could tell it to be colder. It's perfect. And there you go. Yeah. It's those simple things in life, you know? Yeah. That aren't people. Yeah. They bring you some joy. Just, just Good tell the fan, hey, fan, be quieter. It's, it's quieter. Mm-hmm. You, don't have, you don't have to get up and change anything nowadays. But you uh, can talk. Are you, like, saying, like, metaphorically you can talk to it? Or is it a voice-activated fan? Because that would be super cool, too. It's it's not. It's just a remote control. But still, it's pretty nice. But that's. So. But congratulations on your fan. Thank you. What uh, color is it? Just black. That's okay. But the thing is, I got... Uh, the ones I had last year broke near the end of, of summer. Like I think like two weeks before oh. summer was over. And I noticed oh, it. It was ew. really hot. Um, yeah. So I've kind of learned that last time. Like, need fans. Fans are a requirement. So that's good. You're practicing good self care. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I think that sounded really canned. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just throw canned. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I notice here in BC, a lot of people complain about the weather, regardless, which to me never makes sense because like the weather here usually is pretty moderate. Like, if it's raining, it's usually not, like, torrential downpour. It's usually just, like, light showers. If it's sunny, it's not too hot. If it's cloudy, it's pretty mild. Like, it's usually within this barometer. And I've noticed any time we get out of that little, like, modest circle of, like, mildness, everyone freaks out. Like, if it gets too cold, people start to freak out. And if it gets too hot, people freak out. And I hate to admit this, but I'm a part of the problem, too. It gets, like past 25 degrees celsius i start freaking out i'm like nope not this run like 15 fans. part of the problem is the first step yeah i think but there we go um but, we were... well, i wonder if sometimes it's just a conversation starter too because you can always have a conversation about the weather right that's true so it's part of it just people kind of here i've in vancouver i've learned people love hockey and i don't so i just ask people like how are the canucks doing and then they'll they'll talk for like an hour and i'm like great I don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. Just nod and go, yeah. The playoffs. I'm like, but, so yeah. You know, how about the, those those Canucks? And they'll be like, they're they're not doing that great this year. I'm like, yeah. Do they ever? 
I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just, you know. But anyways, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls. Like, it'll stick. <laughs> so they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll figure out what right. I'm saying. Like, hey, you know the, the the puck goes in the net, right? They'll be like, yeah. Yeah, we know that. Deep, deep thinker. Uh, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls Season 3, Episode 3, uh, called Am- Application Anxiety. Um, episode, if it was not in the Gilmore Girls, we wouldn't notice. Yeah, we didn't really need this episode. Honestly, it was it was a All whole... All I needed, guy, was weird. Hmm? This episode, if anything, is a filler episode. It didn't need to exist. Uh, it's like you can look at the show Bible. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they just, they missed... I guess I should explain what show Bible is, but um, but usually there's some compounded material about the characters on a show uh, for the writers to look at, you know, character motivation, character stories, so they are yeah. following along the lines of what should happen. Mm. It just felt like like Daniel Palladino just kind of went, meh, I know she wants to get an Ivy League school, so let's let's throw this in the mix. You know, it just seemed well very manufactured. And, like, I think even without, like, spoiling too much you kind of know that rory's gonna get into an ivy league school it, it's not something that i think a lot of people are gonna go oh no she's she's not gonna make it into a school like you just know she's very driven she's smart she's gonna get oh, these yeah like she she's gonna get into these the into a school and probably the one that she wants uh and so mm-hmm. what with her having this doubt it just felt kind of unnecessary. And then it's unnecessary. Like the thing where she was told how many extracurriculars she had to have. And so she kind of had this psychotic break. Yeah. Where she was trying to, you know, it, like that was in, I think season two, hmm. but it just seemed very unrealistic and against who she is. Yeah. I think probably like the most important thing about this episode was Dean having his talk with Rory. And again, it's not the whole Dean. Yeah. Well, I think this was probably the best thing Dean's ever said when he's admitted that they probably are just going to break up. I'm like, yeah, go Dean. You know what's up. Um, Yeah. Like, it just... It, it felt as if everything else in this episode... Well, there was a, the, also the running subplot that Lane was trying to find a bandmate. And she does find one. And he's Dave Rogowski. But played by adam brody who you probably know from the oc we've talked before that the show has many connections to the oc in terms of writers so and who was also a promising young woman and the reason why they why uh, emerald fennel cast him in it is because he had been seen as a good guy so she purposely cast him in that because people would know would go oh i know who that is and then mm-hmm. he was bad though. yeah I, and you know I, when i watched that movie i'm like hey why is dave rogalski in this weird Mm -hmm. then you find out why yeah um but uh yeah everything else in this episode felt like filler um yeah Mm -hmm. so basic gist of it i'm not gonna this is not gonna be a long synopsis because honestly there's not much to go off of uh (laughs) laura or uh, rory goes to like some like meeting with some people who are admissions people at harvard and uh wow what a negative portrayal of that whole system yeah and they and they were like almost specifically dumping on Rory. Did that did not yeah. feel like it was very high? Even like it was though targeted, 
Like, yeah. They're they're talking about everybody, but didn't it not feel hyper specific to her? Like almost in a way that yeah. wasn't even realistic. But anyway. I, yeah. yeah, it's like that subreddit, you know, oddly specific. Yeah. <laughs> it felt oddly yeah. specific. Yeah, it was just like they were just dumping on her. Yeah. yeah. And then uh yeah, so she starts to freak out because they say all these things that she's been doing are wrong. And uh then Lorelai manages to snag a meeting with this random guy who's an alumni at Harvard. Alumni? Alumni? Alumnus? They have that conversation. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, they uh, go to meet this guy and his family, and they're very weird. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not weird, but... Yeah, almost like robotic weird. And then she... And then Rory meets the, the black sheep of the family, I guess. Yeah. It wasn't even that bad. No, but then they made like an incest joke about the brother and sister, and it was just. And you, when you told me Daniel Paladino wrote it, I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." You know, like, makes yeah. sense because you know, we've talked about he's written some jokes that were really inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, people and you know, now, I mean, he like he goes for the little part here. Didn't you say what did he write for? Uh, Family Guy. Okay. Yeah. So in that context. That would make sense, right? Because yeah. this family got a shtick. But the stuff that that's in these episodes that he writes just seems very um, ick sometimes. Yeah, that's my word, ick. Um, yeah. So yeah, basically they they have a conversation. They meet this black sheep of the family, who she seems to be happy, not following the Harvard track, and. Right. Um, yeah, you find out that basically this guy is impressed by Rory and he gives his recommendation to Harvard. End of episode. <laughs> it's not a whole right. lot. It really did feel like we we took... The, you know what it felt like? It felt like a two steps forward or one step back kind of story. It, yeah, I was just kind of like, well, did we need this? Because it, it... Yeah, the whole thing of how the interview of these people was so pointed towards Rory just was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I know there's some magical realism in the show, but still it, it just, it was too easy. Do you know what I mean? Like it was too easy to come up with that. Yeah. It's Um, almost like Paris said to them, Hey, say stuff to Rory. They'll really make her flip out. Yeah. It was almost like they they were saying like, what should Rory do differently about her application? And it's like, oh, what? Right. Let's look at Rory's application for an example on how not to do one. Yeah. I mean, it was very, it was very weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's pretty much the episode. Again, not a long synopsis because there's not really too much that goes on. And at the end of the episode, like, yeah, she's still probably going to Harvard. I mean, you know, the, she got the, the recommendation from this uh, alumni, alumnus. So, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that whole conversation, she at the bottom of the conversation about what you call somebody, you know, alumni or alumnus. And yeah. and where I thought alumni and alumnus had to do with gender when it's alumnus is one. Yeah. And alumni is group. Yeah. So he would be so, an yeah. alumnus. Just in case you're interested in that etymology, which you're probably not, but. Yeah. Hey. So, um, yeah. And uh, pretty much by the end of the episode, it's like, oh, yeah. The, the big takeaways from the episode are Dean uh, talks about breaking up with Rory, which it doesn't, he doesn't break up with her, but he definitely kind of talks like, well, you're going to go off to Harvard. How are we going to make this work? And 
so there's that and then uh yeah lane meets a guy that she wants to be in a band with who she also has the feels for so yeah do you think if jess was available do you think that rory would have snapped at that and said yeah we're done but what do you mean like like you know because because jess is with this girl now right so do you think if he was not with the girl that rory would have gone along with what dean said and went yeah we're totally gonna break up bye or do you think she still would have hung on Mm. or do you think she's not saying to dean because she knows that what's his face isn't available I think that for some people, they don't want to, they would rather be with somebody, even if it means that, like, eventually they're going to have to break up with that person, but they would rather just have somebody's around, somebody's presence around. And I get the impression with Rory that she just likes having Dean around, even if she, she knows what Dean is saying is probably true, that they're going to break up. But I think she'd just rather have him around for a little bit. But then the question is, do you really just want him around because you like him, or do you want him around just because you're wanting to fill a seat, basically? Like, right. Or is it that she wants to be the one that makes the decision, not him? Because this is the first time I think that he's actually brought up. Yeah. So, yeah, it. Um, I, I get the impression that maybe Rory is just sticking onto it because she just likes having a relationship. And maybe and it's also too... too. It may not be the best, but she likes him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's there for her. I mean, not always positive, but he is there. And again, the show does paint him as being a good boyfriend, which we've argued against countless times. But, you know, the right. show does like like to make you think, Dean's a really nice boyfriend when he's not. He's not a good boyfriend. Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Again, the I show mean, mentions it. Have... We're more aware of emotional abuse and controlling behavior. Mm. I mean, I don't... It, it just seems so... It seems like something would not fly today. No. That someone would call it out for him being controlling, and he does it again. He does. You know, like, and I think the thing is, it's sometimes it's subtle. Yeah. But you can see there's real... Um, yeah, it's not only just telling Rory that, you know, he doesn't agree with something, but he, he puts her down. Or her ideas down. It does, you know, emotional abuse isn't just putting down person. It's putting down their thoughts or their feelings or their ambitions in life, and he's mm-hmm. never been on board with her achieving more and that in itself isn't abusive but the way that he goes about it is is not okay well i think he also thinks a little too selfishly and i think mm-hmm. also too we've i don't know if we've mentioned this too much but like i think rory knows that there's like phases to her life and maybe this is just a phase that she's gonna move on from and I don't get that impression from Dean. I think he doesn't see life as phases. He sees it as, like, this person I'm with is going to be the person I'm with, I'm with forever. Not realizing that yeah. people change. Yeah. Their goals mm-hmm. change. They get onto a career path. Like, he doesn't seem to understand that. He seems to think that, like, no matter what's going to change, Rory's still going to be his girlfriend or wife or whatever. He doesn't seem to understand that. Whereas I think Rory's got a... Str- a stronger grasp of like, I'm going to go to university. I'm going to get a job as a journalist. I'm going to be on this path to do She's, things. Right. She's had some goals set up now that now that can also be an issue because sometimes you can get rigid about goals. Um, but yeah. I think in a previous episode, I think in season two, she asked 
16, you know, what his thoughts were about, you know, what he wanted to do in life. And he was just like, well, I'm just going to probably stay here and work or something. You know, like it yeah. was just not on the stage at all. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, she likes Jess and Jess hasn't really said like what he wants to do with life. Right. No, but you, I also feel like there's a little more confidence that he could do something. Pull something off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he might not He's, know. Yeah, I'm going to say something mean, but he seems smarter. Like intellect, intellectually, he's more of a master. Dean doesn't really just strike me as the brightest individual, but yeah. So I don't think you're that but far he's off. He's smart in different ways. I mean, he put a car together. That's pretty amazing. See, I wonder about that though, because he's got he's just like all of his family knows how to work on cars. So part of me is like, how much help did you get from your family in this? Like, I yeah, that's a good point. I just wonder how much he actually works on that car. I don't think we'll ever get answers to that, but I just want to know I, how I much. Want to see he... a log of hours. Yeah. Yeah, like I want to see who who was helping him on that car because I don't think he worked on the yeah. car by himself, which is not wow. totally unfair. But like, I get the impression he was the kind of guy just standing there and be like, "Yeah, let's make it blue." And they're like, You're "We got to talk about the, the engine, buddy." Routine. Sorry. You're just going for the jugular team. Yeah. Well. You're like he didn't even do the car. I mean, I need to know what exactly was the breakdown of his efforts into that car. <laughs> I need a full by a full breakdown, knowing how much Dean worked on that car. Because I bet you it's not that much. Ah, oh, Dean. Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, let's move on. Uh, sorry. Moving right along. Yeah. Now we just shut on Dean, which we usually do. I mean, we don't normally. We're not normally nice to Dean, but. He, it's funny, like, I love how Dean was in this episode for, like, maybe a grand total of, like, three minutes, and we still just take the time to just dunk on Dean. Like, doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. He wasn't in this episode that much. He doesn't warrant this much talk, but we still are just like, yeah, let's just dump, dump on But, him. you know, again, if the show wasn't backing him up as being this healthy boyfriend, I don't know if we would have had this much of an issue with it, but the fact that Lorelai's made comments about what a great boyfriend he is, and yeah. he's portrayed like that on the show, and that's just not okay. And I think that's a big part of it. And I think it's, uh, our the feelings, I feel like, are being amplified by the fact that everyone thinks Jess is a bad character or yeah. bad person. Yeah, that's the other thing. What I th feel like, if you look at him, it's like, no, he's actually not bad. Like, he's a pretty nice guy. Maybe, Misunderstood. Maybe that's writer's point, though. Yeah. You know, that we want to be cheering for him. So by the time that they, you know, if they, I'm assuming they're going to get together at some point, um, that we'll be like, yay! rather than oh, what a jerk you know so we may be doing exactly what the writers wanted us to do well and you know i think the show definitely likes to put people into teams you know i'm sure there are people who are team dean out there and they're probably like yelling at us through their uh phones or whatever but like yeah we, uh, i'm just i'm not but we can't be the only people that they've known that are anti-dean <laughs> I mean, really yeah i mean this could be news well, I wonder if, like, time also hasn't aged him that well either. Like, we're a little more politically correct right. nowadays than we used to be. So, I think maybe that's played into it, too. But, it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Off the Dean wagon. Um, what was your favorite and least favorite performance in this episode? I would say um, at Paris. I, I just think that they could give her a lot more material and write a better character for her. Mm. And I just, I think that they need to do some more subtle. I mean, when they had stuff like, you know, her calling her nanny and showing, you know, in the um, Bracebridge episode, uh, calling her nanny and saying that she wasn't going to be home. I mean, we got a little bit more insight in the character, but, you know, she's doing the same stuff again. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, to the point where you're not serving coffee and donuts because you've been so busy talking about stuff. Like, you know, where did Rory not hand out the coffee? And like, I had all these questions about the coffee and donuts. Yeah. Like, what a waste of coffee and donuts, right? Like, you could have. That really bothered me for some reason. I yeah. guess I just don't like seeing, like wasting on food on shows. But I was like, you know, really, you're first. You're blaming Paris when you know Paris kind of goes on these tracks of you know, mm. steamrolling through things. But you didn't give out the coffee. Yeah. Like what? There. I mean, you have like you have free agency. You could have done that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Paris. I think they really could do more with that character, and I think they really, they make her so one dimensional. And I really think that actors could could have done more with it if they had given her better writing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, oh, uh, Paris is a difficult one um, that doesn't compromise. Okay, go. Like, yeah. that seems like their M.O. with her. Mm-hmm. And, and favorite performance, I don't think I really had one. Okay. You know, maybe, now, even Lane, you know, like Lane I usually like, and even that, it was very... God, I think I just don't like Daniel Palladino's writing. I think no. it's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't really think I have a favorite. Okay, that's totally fair. I thought the family was weird. I thought that they were overplayed. Um, there was a real family guy aspect to the family. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like it was. They were very cartoonish, especially the way that the brother and sister kind of walked out of the room. It was very weird. Mm -hmm. It looked like you know those old old um movies where everything's kind of sped up and stuff do you know what i mean like the really old movies and it just seemed like they were walking like charlie chaplin do you know what i mean like there's yeah. a real kind of cadence to their walking yeah. um so the whole thing was weird but anyways yeah so i don't even think i have a favorite person okay that's for fair episode, for the first time this um, episode was very thrilling for me yeah uh i'm gonna say least favorite performance was the entire family i didn't like them at all um <laughs> Even the even the black sheep of the family, you didn't like her. No, because it felt like she just came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, yeah. And like the that dad was, was yeah. the dad was mm -hmm. a little too preppy, and like I don't know. I think sometimes they go it to extremes. Like a, yeah. Yeah, it was almost like an indictment of the upper class, kind of yeah. like the way they were talking about the applications, and it just, yeah, it just felt off. Yeah. So I wasn't a fan of that favorite. I'm going to go. This is first episode, but uh, Dave Rogowski. I thought he was great. Because, yeah, he came in. He won over Lane's heart. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think he did a good job of showing why Lane would be so instantly infatuated with him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Dave, Dave made a strong debut. Um, I was surprised that they that he stuck around. I thought that was going to be like a high and then cut away. But I knew if it was Adam Brody, he was going to stay around a while. But what when was the OC? I've never watched it. But when what time frame was that? It, on? It's not shortly. Know. It's like shortly after this. So. So he may have been noticed on this show. I I don't know if he was noticed on the show, but I I can tell you right now this is maybe a bit of a spoiler. But he doesn't. He's not long on the show. Really. Yeah, because he goes to go work on the OC. So, yeah, so he's he's not on the show for long, but yeah, he still makes a good presence, and I did like him in this. So, yeah. And what kind of boundaries does someone have that you let the kid's friend use your home phone as a call number for an ad? Like yeah, that, that felt... just seemed 
So, you know, Lorelai does this whole talk about how, you know, she supports other moms and wouldn't do anything against, you know, what, um, what Lane's mom wants. But then this whole thing about, you know, basically letting Lane subvert what the mom wants and mm. letting her even use her phone. Yeah, um, that felt a You know, kind weird. of goes against that whole, yeah, against that whole thing that Lorelai said about supporting her. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, favorite reference in this episode? I, mean, uh, a... I didn't have a favorite reference, but I have. Yeah, there's a lot, but I yeah. I have an issue with one of them. Oh, okay. So, and you you might be able to guess which one it is. So it's a mental health thing. It's a uh, Sylvia mm. Plath. Uh, she um she won a Pulitzer for her poetry. Um, really good poet. So she did kill herself by putting her head in an oven. And I, um, cause she was bipolar, I believe. Mm. So, um, I didn't like that, that they used it as kind of like a joking point, but it, again, Daniel Palladino doesn't really surprise me because no. he's made body image jokes and things and all sorts, you know, there's like a, you know, it's like an old school view of, of mental health issues mm. to joke about it and to have that stigma with it. Um, I know there's still some stigma, but I think this doesn't help. Um, it was very kind of flippant, uh, mm. and I didn't. I really didn't like the Sylvia Plath reference because she right. was so much more than than how she ended her life. Yeah, I think like they're. I mean, maybe it, they were just going for a quick and easy reference based on like what little information they had, not really doing the deep dive that they could have, which is not that surprising, but. It's quick and easy writing, and I think that's lazy writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I did like the reference uh, when uh, Luke says, when I die, I'm going to have them freeze me next to Ted Williams, which, who was a baseball player, which is funny. Cause which that was – oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's funny because the actor who plays Luke was also a baseball player. So I like that. And and that actually is the the um, Ty Williams and son his son wanted him to do the cryogenic stuff, um, so he's a he's an interesting character. If you want to read about him, mm. um, so so yeah, he actually is um, suspended. Like he he died obviously, but he's frozen. I think the son died pretty soon thereafter, and also is frozen. Okay, and and. I, and the idea is, is that at some point they'll be able to figure out how to reanimate you. Um, but I think his son had a legal battle to get to get Ted Williams cryogenically preserved or whatever. So, but mm. now the son's in there with him too. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, but, but probably interesting that, character. Reading that. <laughs> probably that's what it was. That was like the reason why. It's probably because he got cryogenically frozen. And that was probably the joke they were going for. Right. That's the joke they were going for, yeah. But again, it's one of those things that probably people today are like, what? But mm -hmm. yeah, pretty interesting advice to read about um, amazing baseball players. Okay. Uh, and favorite quote from this episode? Nothing really stood out to me. Um, no. I didn't know. What is the Dogtown reference? They're going to turn Star Hollow to Dogtown? What's Dogtown? I think it was like a movie about skateboarders in like a rundown city uh, yeah yeah I, I don't really have a, a good quote I think that I think it was cute when Lane said like oh I love you um 
but again, that's, you know, it's like they've kind of written her as like a one-note thing. So I think that was the cutest one, but there was nothing really that stood out to me. I thought this episode was probably one of the least entertaining. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It, it just felt like filler. Um, yeah, I yeah. think like Luke's whole exchange with Taylor about the soda parlor thing. I like that just because like anytime Luke goes on a rant, it's usually pretty funny. And then Lorelai doesn't back him up. Yeah. So. He's not... looking for... And did you know, I didn't realize that they were doing these, these city meetings in, in Patty's dance studio. Did you realize that? For some reason, I was kind of shocked that they, <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I did. I, I, but you know what? I get it. It looks different. So I get it. Yeah. Um, I was like, what? Yeah. That kind of threw me for a loop, but I don't know why it's so important. You know what? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say I didn't. I didn't figure that one out, but I mean, I, at the same time too, it's shot at a different angle, so I get it. It's it's not totally obvious. I think right away. Um, but again, we have a show all the townspeople. I think it's great that a lot of these townspeople show up, and some of these are pretty well-known actors yeah. um, that show up just for these these city scenes. And I think that's great that they, you know, enjoy the show so much that they're willing to. And yeah, I know they're getting paid and all that, but. Um, that they're willing to just show up for a crowd shot. And again, some of the some of these people, like I know Patty's got quite a few lines, but she's a pretty well-known actress. Yeah. Um, and you've got other people in the audience that you recognize from a lot of things. And the fact that they show up just for like a crowd shot is mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. Yeah. And I always like, like you said you like the episodes where the town shows up and yeah, the act. Um, trying to see here. Oh, um. Behind the scenes trivia. So uh, the one of the daughters was played by Jeanette Brox, who was also in the show Heroes, alongside Mila Ventimiglia. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yes, and then of course this is the first time Adam Brody shows up in the in the series. So, who? What? Adam Brody, Dave Rogowski. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, any mental health observations? Uh, just that that a lot of the episodes have these comments about mental health that are pretty off color. Yeah. Um, and again, they usually are written by Tam Paladino. Yeah. Uh, again, it sounds like I'm picking on him, but we have kind of a track record of we've talked about with some of the the writing. Um, you know, it has not been appropriate. Now, again, you know, for the time, even. I would say it was not appropriate. Um, but to make fun of someone's suicide is really kind of unfathomable. And I don't, I don't see where the laugh was with that. But again, you know, maybe it's maybe I'm just acutely aware of it. Um, and it played to people in a different way mm-hmm. um, that weren't mental health killers. But um, yeah, I just think that we really need to watch the wording we use and uh, how we refer to people's mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say about that. But um, okay, I thought the episode was kind of it was an episode that probably didn't even need to happen. No, no, I think it's a big waste of an episode. I'm just gonna give it a score now because it's not gonna be a good score. I'm gonna give this a a two out of ten. I don't think this is. Yeah, I give it, it a three. This is the lowest one I've rated. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not, not a good episode. 
No, I, you know, I, I could walk away from this episode and feel like out of all the episodes we've watched, if you didn't have this episode, the storyline would just continue. Yeah. And Nothing think, came of it. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's just boring. It's not a fun episode. It's boring. It doesn't progress it the plot. It was worth to watch it. And I hate to say that about this show because I've really um, grown to like this show. Because remember the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't, I don't know about this show. Yeah. And now I really like it. It, yeah. it was one of those episodes I was like, ugh. You know, like it was, I've, I haven't watched an episode yet until this one where it just felt like the episode was not going to end. Yeah, it did kind of feel like it dragged quite a bit, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is definitely bottom of, one of the bottom of the barrels. Um, and I mean, there's there's some charm with Lorelai and Rory, and I do think they are funny enough that like you get a little bit of enjoyment out of them, but it's not a heck of a lot, and it's not enough to make this an entertaining episode. So is that what IMDb reflects too? Is this one of the least popular episodes? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I can't imagine too many people liking this episode. Let's take a look, though. Um... So you can look it up first. Okay. We'll race to the. Okay, and uh, IMDb has it as wow a seven point nine out of ten. You guys are smoking something. I think some people just rate these things highly because they're like, I love the show and I love everything about it, and then we're like, see if you're a real fan that you can probably see something. And hey, if you see something great in every episode. That's that's wonderful. Good mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Um. So yeah. yeah, I'm just curious what the other ones are. So the haunted leg was eight point one. Okay. Easy hazy is eight point two. So they all hover around higher sevens or eights. Um, one of the future episodes is a nine. Um. So yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, they're all pretty highly rated. But yeah, yeah if if you can find some great episodes. Wonderful. The the season finale to season two got a eight point eight. That's pretty high. I think we uh, liked that one. We did like that one. We we liked it very much. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's. So I guess in the scheme of things, seven point nine is, is you know one of the lower rated episodes. Which is interesting because I th- feel I feel like that's a very high score. Yeah, but compared to the other ones. It's on the. It's on the. I guess if you look at the, the I think, mode or the amount of numbers, I, I think it's one. Of the ones. Find it interesting that their range is like from seven point nine to nine, as if there's like no other numbers below seven point nine. I'm like, I think there's some numbers below that. There's some, there's one coming up in this season at seven point six. Okay. So we've got an over nine on one on one episode this season at a seven point six, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Probably written by Daniel Paladino. I think the one that's rated a nine might be one of my favorites. I don't know which episode it is, but it's probably uh, Gilmore's. It's got Gilmore's in the title. Oh yeah, I think that might be Gilmore's my favorite. Right. One of my favorite episodes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I look forward to watching it. So that'll be one of the. Is that one of the ones we review? No, that's not the next episode, is it? Well, we're doing four next week, so okay. not for the listeners. Yeah. I, the I listeners... need a palate cleanser after this one. Hmm? Yeah. Well, for the listeners, we're still doing it, but Steph is uh well she's gonna be unavailable for a bit so we're gonna have to record four episodes everything's fine you're gonna for you the listeners nothing's gonna change you're gonna get them at the same time you normally do 
But for us, but we're gonna start up four episodes. Four episodes in a row, baby. It's gonna be one heck of a ride. But um, yeah, I really like each other, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Steph's one of the. I like. I like. I like Kurt anyway. <laughs> well, I'll say Steph's one of the few people I could tolerate talking to two for four hours, and that's not an honor. Oh wow! Most, most that's people a compliment. Like, do you just think about it, people? How is there anyone in your life that you could really sit and talk to for four hours straight, pretty much? I would say yes. I mean, I've, there's a there's like a handful of people. I'd say there's maybe like five people in my entire life, and Steph's one of them. So. Wow! Really? Yeah. Oh. Which, oh, that makes me really special thank you you're welcome speaking of stuff, now i feel like i have to live up to that huh <laughs> i was gonna say speaking of stuff she's over at stephaniesarkis.com gaslighting is the book and talking brains is the podcast and i'm over at thrinkernerds.com where you can find podcasts going up almost every other day and with that said sorry you're quite pro- prolific i i you know what i really <laughs> Was in a Starbucks the other day, and somebody's like, "Hey, Curtis," and I'm like, "What?" And they're like, "Oh, I recognize your voice." Well, how do you, cause th- this has happened more and more frequently. So, what what is your reaction to it now compared to when it first happened to you? I'm I think I'm curious. still like, just like, what? What's going on? I'm so confused. Like, why is how does this person know my name? Like, does your brain flip through? Because I've run into that too. Is like, it's, I flip through and going, "Do I know this person?" It's jarring because you think this person can't know me but then you're like well they must know me and then you try to go through how they know you and then you I, realize oh it's probably right. from the podcast which almost always it is unless it's like hey right. and you, you hope that you hope that somebody says something about how they know you yeah yeah they'll be like you dated my friend i'm like oh darn it i wish you just knew me from the podcast <laughs> but uh yeah what about that podcast yeah you're trying to distract them <laughs> yeah Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.